Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. My message this morning, those of you who are in the house can see, is titled Separation Anxiety. Now in our previous church, we had a child who really struggled with this. If there's a chance that you're here today and not familiar with the term, it's what happens with infants and uh, toddlers that just can't turn loose primarily of their mother. Now, they may have it with father, but it's typically uh, a problem for them to be separated from their mother. And while I'm sure there are those in this church who uh, have struggled with and may be struggling with this, I'm a little more separated from it now in my ministry and this status in life. At 60 years old, I'm not hanging around the nursery that often. And, uh, and, and so... When we went to our previous church, our youngest child was Emily, and she was only 15 months old, so I was quite familiar with this, uh, given the one young man that, uh, well, now he's a grown uh, man, but uh, at the time, he really struggled, I'm saying seriously struggled, um, not just didn't like being away from his mom, I'm saying clung to her with all of his might, screamed for 30 minutes after she put him in the nursery and ultimately had to take him and hold him through the service. It's just the way it was. And it didn't go away in a month or two. This was until he was like three years old. Uh, He struggled with this. None of our children really had these issues. We passed ours around so much after the first 30 days that they never had a chance to develop separation anxiety. (laughs) They just kind of like, this is another mother. There's another dad. It was just, that was the way we did with our children. You do your thing, but that's what happened with ours, and none of them were shy children or had this issue. But because it's a fear-based issue, most would consider it from a negative perspective and something that they pray and wish their children will grow out of, right? Amen, parents? Those of you who've had a child like that are thankful that they are not any longer that child. However, I want to look at it today from a uh, positive angle. I wish we had this with Christ or Holy Spirit, separation anxiety. As a pastor, I'll say it this way, I wish you could catch separation anxiety from Jesus. Um, I, I wish it were a communicable or transferable problem, problem in this case, that you actually could get it because we wouldn't want you healed of it or growing out of it. Uh, In in passages like John 15 that speak of Christ as the vine and, and, and us being the branches, I wish we would know immediately when we are slipping away from his presence. 
if we just had a spiritual fuel gauge. Hold on a moment. We do have a spiritual fuel gauge. If you could sit and watch two hours of television or play video games, but 10 minutes of prayer is real work for you, your spiritual fuel meter is flashing and it will no longer tell you how many miles till you're empty. Y'all have those computers on your car. If you've got a car that's anywhere past about 1990 now, no, not, not that long, but 2008, 9, 10, you've got a fuel gauge. And there's a point at which it stops telling you how many miles till you're empty. It's just like you either pull over or you're in trouble. If you can talk, text, Instagram, and TikTok on the phone for a half hour, but you can't do that in God's word, you're in trouble. Your spiritual fuel tank is on empty. You can go out and eat and go to a movie. By the way, my daughter did not say, this is actually a, a dinner theater on Tuesday. So there's food along with the movie. All part of the package. Anyway, if you can do that, but can't make church service on Sunday, you're spiritually weak. By the way, at this point, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it even online. If you can go to the grocery store or Lowe's right now, but you cannot come out to church, you're in trouble. I'm not with me. I, I, I'm going to say it. I'll say it again. I know it's going out. So somebody's listening to me right now. Hasn't been in church since somewhere along last March. You are in spiritual desperate mode. Your spiritual fuel tank light, it's going boom, boom, boom. Get yourself in church. You need to fellowship together with other believers. There's something that happens. There's a dynamic in the church service. Now listen, I understand some of you that are, are, are afraid because you have other debilitating illnesses. I'm not coming against you for that. I want you to understand, this pastor loves you. I stand with you. If you need to be home and you're afraid of that kind of stuff, your interaction because you have other illnesses, that's your business. But if you still are going to Lowe's and the grocery store, Wear your mask, come in the church. I'll even give you some antiseptic for your hand if somebody brushes up against your whatever. I'll welcome you into church, but you need to get in the church. Last one. Last one. That must have been a deacon that said something like that. But if you can watch golf... Baseball or football, otherwise known as soccer. I mean, you have a gift of God. If you can watch a game that goes an hour and a half before somebody scores a point, <laughs> that you're gifted by God just to do that, period. But you can't 
you can do that, but you can't come out to a Wednesday night service, then the chime on your spiritual Wi-Fi device is saying low power, low power. I can make the noise that your iPods make, or your earpods, excuse me, make, I would make that sound, but it's telling you trouble. It's going low. And this is a problem of our own making. That's the issue. John 15, verse 4 says, Remain in me. I'm going to come back to that word, remain. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Remain in me. When we come to Christ, you know that your spirit is what's renewed, right? You get that? Your spirit is renewed. The moment you say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, your spirit, it happens on an inner, it's an inner thing that happens in you. Something transforms on a spirit level. It's time that we as humanity stop denying our spiritual heritage. You have a spirit. In fact, your spirit is housed in a physical body. You are, I'm going to rephrase that for you so you really get it. You are a spirit that is in possession of a physical body. Your spirit will live forever. Thing is, you need to learn how to make your spirit take charge. Ephesians 4.23 says it this way, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Be renewed. Put on. Those are significant words. Be renewed. Put on. You do not put on an article of clothing without effort on your part. Here we go again. And that you put on the new man. So it's something that you individually, you as a person, have to put on. You make a choice. Everything about today's message falls at your feet, your decision. If you, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 puts it this way. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Say to your neighbor, I'm a new person. Don't I look good? Tell them. Don't I look better? I'm a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Sounds similar to the word that was interpreted by Pastor Amy a moment ago. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Your affections immediately change when you come to Jesus. Your affections change. The things that used to attract you no longer attract you like they did. Because a real conversion experience represents a complete turnaround. You're going this way, turn around, go that way. 180 degrees, complete turnaround. It's the natural result of true repentance. 
I'm not saying there are things. Because, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. There are some things that as you walk with Christ, you got to grow in and grow out of. There's some stuff. Come on, you believers, be honest with me for a minute. How many of you have been sanctified and it took a little while? You had some mess in your life you don't have in your life now. All right, All right. you did it. You did it on tape. Now we got you on tape. But how many of you saints will be real honest with this preacher and say God's still sanctifying you? We use language like born again to describe an inner work that ultimately is visible outward. When you get renewed in your mind and it's from your spirit, it begins to show up on the outside. That means y'all that, that, that now uh, we're moving past the stage of removing the mask. I know we're close, folks. We're getting close. So for, for, for many of you, you've already passed the point. I understand that. But, but we'll be able to see that you're actually smiling now. I found myself over the course of the last, during the summer and this and that, last year, earlier this year, saying to people, I'm smiling, you just can't tell. Because I wanted them to know I was happy and I was smiling. The problem is in that four-letter word that is called work. It's connected, remain in me. Remain in me implies effort on your part. To remain in Christ, one must put effort into the relationship. Any good relationship requires mutual input or investment. Any relationship. Any relationship. How many of you, is there anyone here willing to admit you've had a one-sided relationship at some point in your life? You put effort into it, the other person mm, didn't return your phone calls. Some of you got them. They don't re return your text. You got an email sitting there. Did you get my email? Did you get my text? Yeah. yeah. And it happens in all relationships, uh, what we got going on here. But if one is, let me take it to the next level. If one is coerced into a relationship or makes the other person feel like they don't want to bother, it doesn't work, does it? Like you don't really want to bother? It doesn't work. At some point you'll say, I'm done too. I'm done with this. And you'll move on. It happens in relationships. How many of you now married couples remember talking on the phone with each other for 30 minutes or more? You remember doing that, especially in those early stages when you were, you were falling in love? You could spend, I, I remember when I was in high school, I, I remember hearing girls saying they were on the phone last night for 45 minutes. And I'm like, my ear dies after 10. 
I got to switch ears. And then you remember back in the day when you would hold a phone like that on your ear? And it would start hurting after a while and you get a crick in your neck? By the way, that's what cricks are. They happen in your neck. They do not flow with water. Anyhow, you'd have to... <laughs> Helping you folks understand the, the English language. I should say it this way. Helping you understand the English language. It's y'all, people. Anyway, but you, you had no problem being on the phone for half an hour, 45 minutes. You were in love. You wanted to know, oh, sweetheart, I was thinking about you today. All day long. You were all I thought about all day long. She starts telling you, you say, hey, what would you, what'd you wear today? I wore my blue jeans. What were the sneakers you had? You're doing all that stuff that otherwise, you don't care. You don't care. You'll spend all, you know, 45 minutes, you're talking about everything. And if you were able to go back over everything that you said, you, you'd be like, why in the world? You don't really care. You don't care about that tidbit of information, but what you do care about is spending time with that person that you're passionately in love with. Therefore, what is otherwise trivial becomes important because it's not based on what you're actually, the information is secondary to the person, the relationship. You can't drift relationally with Christ and remain in Him. You can't drift relationally with Christ and remain in him. If you put the effort, you put the work into the relationship, you can't drift. So you have a choice to make. You must choose. Mark 1.35 puts it this way. This is Jesus now. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. I'll go Old Testament on you as well. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. Psalm 119, 147. I want to take a minute and just, just really emphasize for you all. And I have to do this as a pastor. I work in a church. I'm surrounded by people that love Jesus. But I know this, if I'm not praying early in my day, I'm going to be apologizing to Jesus by noon. I'm going to be apologizing to the Lord by noon because it just doesn't happen. If I don't make it my intention to get alone with God in the quiet time, a lot of stuff crowds it out. Now, I know some of you are late-nighters and stuff. God bless you. Do it. If it works for you, that's all that really matters. And sure, those of you who work 8, 10, 12 hours a day, you can pray on your breaks and stuff. Yeah, do that too. Do that too. T-O-O. -O. Do that 
too. But find a way to get along with God on your own before your day gets going. You must choose your spiritual investment strategy. As with earthly investments, you must choose how you will invest your spiritual relationship with God. Some 30 years ago, when we started putting money into, they got something that we can invest in called Minister's Benefit Association. And I remember when we were sitting down with them and they said, you need to make a decision. You need to choose how or the strategy for you putting in your investment. What will go to your retirement. And it goes something like this. You've got to weigh the uh, risk-benefit factor. So if you want high yields, high returns, y'all are getting a lesson you don't ever get in church, but... If you want a high return, then you're going to have to be willing to take high risks. If you've got money right now in the stock market, it's going crazy, and you're, you're shouting in joy. You're, you're dancing for joy now. If you're watching your investments as they just go up and up, we're above $34,000 in the Dow right now, and it's looking good if you've got some investments. And, and when we sat with the folks that were helping us with this, they, they said, yeah, you know, at that time you're young, you should invest, a, be concerned, consider it that you might want to invest half of it in a high-risk category. you got a long time to, to work these investments. And the market will come and go. It'll be up and down, but, but uh, you're young and it'll recover and you'll be happier if you do that. And then we put 25% in a, in a mid-range investment. That means the risks are low. It's invested in things that are stable. That portion, that percentage, 25%. And then we have 25% in mutual loans, which are completely safe. And so, but the returns on the mutual funds, hmm, yeah, they're not that great. But they're steady. They're like the turtle. They keep growing. They keep moving. Some, some years they don't keep up with inflation, but still it's moving in a positive direction. And when that volatility of the high risk category is there, the low risk is still going, still steadily climbing. Why do I say all of that? Hear me when I say this. Those who go hard after God will grow quickly and develop deep roots. Go hard after God, you're going to grow quickly and you'll develop deep roots so when the winds of life, the storms of life blow, you'll be stable. You'll be stable. Every investor knows. Here's another point. I already alluded to it. But every investor or investment manager will tell you to invest for the long term. We all want the quick, easy fix. That's easier for us. We all want to put in a dime and get out a dollar. That's just not how investments work except when you're tithing. But in the investment world, you, you just trust 
for the long term. And you, you run in the category that goes hard after God because your expectations are strong and you know he's faithful. Invest for the long term. Joseph waited 13 years. Joseph waited 13 years. Abraham waited 25 years. Moses waited 40 years. Moses, 40 years. David waited 20 years from his anointing before he actually ends in the position of power God would give him. And hear me when I say this, Jesus waited 30 years. Your roots have to go deep to support the size of the fruit that God wants to grow on your life. Don't get impatient. Your roots have to go deep in order to support the size of the fruit God wants to grow on your life. Don't get impatient. This was written by, uh, well, I'll finish the statement. The deeper the root, the wider the shoot. Rick Pino. The deeper the root, the wider the shoot. All that means is you get roots that go down deep and grow strong in the ground, then what is produced by them is greater, stronger, bigger, wider the shoot. It's just a rhyming way of saying that's what's necessary. So dig into Jesus, church. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and say, I dig Jesus. Act like you're in the 70s. I dig Jesus. You got to weigh the risk-benefit factor. Weigh the risk-benefit factor. The risk in not running hard after God is that you can lose your relationship and not really know it. That's why I said earlier, some of you are sitting home still. Do you know this? I'm going to say it. I'll say it even online. There are some people that are listening to the message right now that will never get back in church. You broke the habit. COVID stole it from you. You broke the habit. And your spiritual life is in a desperate place and you cannot get yourself back in church. You just, you know, the idea of getting up, I can watch online, I can worship. You can do that. You can do that. I can also go to a grocery store and buy a tomato. I can buy a tomato at a grocery store, but it ain't going to taste as good as the one I can grow. I guarantee you that. It will not taste the same. And it is a tomato. So you, you can worship. You can, you can watch us online. But you don't get the dynamic that we got standing in this place this morning. You don't get it. It's not happening the same way. Here's what happens. The Holy Ghost starts moving on Sister Tina. And I'm getting blessed watching her get blessed. And then I'm thinking, well, I want some of that. Some of you.
you people, it amazes me. I'm going to be careful now. I'll watch the screen so I'm not looking. Uh, Rebecca, I'm not looking at you, <laughs> even though you're right there on the screen. But it amazes me that people can be in a church service and God's moving, blessing. Pastor Amy is up here dancing around, making circles, and, and you're just looking at her going, well, isn't that cool? Yeah, there she is. She's a little wild, you know, how she is. Wish God would bless me like that. Hello. It's never going to happen as long as your focus is on how he's blessing her and blessing her and blessing him. Oh, Albert can shout from all the way in the back and I can hear him. It ain't going to happen for you as long as you're sitting there doing nothing. The whole point behind remain in me. That's on you. You got to put in some effort to that. You've learned this long ago. How do you get a smile? You smile at somebody. You've been around people, and it happens frequently around our offices because that woman will be laughing every time I turn around. And her voice carries quite well. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. But it's infectious. And some of you guys want something that you're not sowing into. And you can full on, I'm going to say it, you can full on lose your relationship with Christ. Full on lose it. Wind up in hell. I know there's some people that don't believe that that happens. I'm going to tell you again. You can full on lose your relationship with Christ. Why would the scriptures say, there will be people that will say to me on that day, we cast out devils in your name. We prophesied in your name. Depart from me, I never knew you. How do you think that happens? As with investments, this relationship requires some checkups. Check up on it now and then. Good behavior comes easy when the coals are hot relationally. You'll act like you really do love Jesus when you, your relationship with him is on fire. When, when he's fulfilling your passionate heart desires and Satan comes up with some attraction. Listen to me. Some of you people need to hear this word online and in-house. You need to hear this word. Some of you are attracted to the filth of the world because you're not getting your passions fulfilled in the presence of the only one that can give you eternal fulfillment. You're looking for a quick fix that the world can give you. You're looking for it in a bottle. You're looking for it in drugs. You're looking it in some other form. It's attractive to you because you haven't found what you need in Jesus. Because when you're full of faith and the Holy Spirit, anointing and power will flow from your life. So let's look at what God really wants. Psalm 63, this is in the word. This is written by David. 
This is a Psalm of David, Psalm 63. Look at verse 1. This is the Passion Translation. So it is romanticized. It's called the Passion Translation after all. So here it is in the word. God of my life, I, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more, with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. That sounds like a man that's in love, doesn't it? Now you know why he is the only one referred to in the entire scriptures as a man after God's own heart. Psalm 63 makes it clear why he's called a man after God's own heart. This kind of passionate chasing after God is what he really wants. He, he really wants you to have that kind of passionate chasing after him. If we are crafted in God's image and we respond like this, like David does, how do you think we got that way? It's because we were crafted in his image. We'll be like Jesus. That's how we need to be like Jesus. Because Jesus, as I read from Mark, he was the one that said he got up early before anybody else would arise. And you know that Jesus' days would be full from start, from daylight to dark. People would be clamoring around him. That's why he made it a point to get with God, his Father, before any of that started. If we do this, we're doing so like Christ and it's what he did. If you want to know how to move or impress God, this is the pathway. Mark that passage in, in Psalm 63, just verse 1. Just mark that one. And act like you're lovesick for God. Reuben, Robert, y'all need to head this way. You want to know how to move or impress God, this is the pathway. And what I want you to know this morning, the reason I've asked uh, these two musicians to come is because I want to sing what, what I want you to hear. And what I want you to understand when I start the song, because it's going to be a little confusing if you're not aware of this fact, this is God talking to you. Yeah. 
don't need a congregation to offer me your praise. You don't need a mighty orchestra to bless me with your song. You get all of my attention when you worship song and worship me alone. That's the Lord saying, I love it when I hear you sing your song and worship me alone. See, that's what the Lord's after. That's what God wants from us, church. He wants us to find the quiet place and worship Him alone. You've got to do something beyond what you do here on Sundays or even if you come out on Wednesdays. It has to extend beyond these moments in this place. That's what God longs for. That, that's what God is looking for. If, by the way, you really enjoy that song, I want to encourage you to listen to a guy named Clint Brown. And that, uh, the title of the song is Alone. He has a lot of music out there, but uh, Alone is the title of the song. And I've really been blessed by his music here for the last... About a month and a half, I can't stop listening. There is a deep longing in humanity for a thriving relationship with God. And so like our earthly relationships, however, the moment that that relationship, we begin that relationship, we begin to take it for granted. Every parent in this place knows what it's like to be taken for granted because your children do. It's the nature of humanity. I did it with my parents. You're doing it with your parents. We take it for granted. Until something happens, something trips a trigger and you say, wait a minute, I need to honor them, I need to remember them. And to our own demise, we begin to step away from the very thing that we need because we take that relationship for granted. We desperately need this thriving relationship with God, but we will take tiny steps away every time we don't pray or read the Word. I'm going to pause there for a minute. Every time you don't pray or don't spend time in God's Word, you're taking a tiny step away. And that is sometimes fueled by God's sovereign actions that don't line up with our narrative. Let me translate that for you. God doesn't do something the way you think he should do something. 
so consequently, there's this little, this thing between you and God. You start questioning, God, why did you do that? Or why aren't you doing that? It brings a little separation. Some of you listening to, somebody's listening to me right now online. You're listening to this preacher right now online. I got a word for you. You've got an offense because God didn't do just what you thought he should do the way you thought he should do it. But you're, you're holding back from God. And you're expecting, you're expecting God to do something more. God's love for you is deep and abiding. And he couldn't have done more to prove his love for you. He couldn't have done more to prove his love for you. Listen to what the word says. The Passion Translation of Romans 5.8 says it this way. But Christ proved his, God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. He couldn't do any more than that. I mean, he died for you. Every biblical character that we admire had a deep, deep love for the Lord. So I want to bring it to a conclusion today. Have you check your vital signs? And, and this is going to get a little murky for you, a little difficult for you here in a moment. But it's how we check vital signs. Are you expecting something from God that you're not sowing in or to or into? Are you expecting something from God that you are not sowing to or into? I want you to measure my words here carefully. If you're not feeling his presence nor hearing his gentle wooings, that's not on him. I'm talking to you believers now. If you're not feeling his presence, nor hearing his gentle wooings, it's not on him. Let me state this in a way that is bold and direct. You'll never get a Ferrari experience with God on a Hyundai commitment. Let me put it for you young people. Let me do this for the young people in the house. You'll never get an iPhone 12 experience on a track phone from Dollar General. Jesus, yeah, Jesus, Jesus used parables. There you go. That's PC parable. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Keep on smiling. Your daily now I lay me down to sleep prayer will not conjure up miracle working power of God. So I'll say it again. I'll go back to the beginning. Are you expecting something from God that you're not sowing to or into?
We all want the Ferrari experience with God or Porsche or I'll, get, I'll lower it down even a little for you Cadillac lovers. Or how about it, Tony? Let's, let's go to at least to a, to a Ram. Yeah, we'll get that big one with the 700 horsepower, bro. You're not going to get that when you're sowing in a Hyundai prayer life. It's not going to happen. It doesn't work that way, folks. That's the simple truth from God's word. You read it. You see it. How did God use these people so amazingly? Because they desired him more than you do. Not all of you. And Pastor Mackay, I know you're coming and you know what to sing this time. You sang it last time after we were at the altar. What you have to do, church, is ask God to give you separation anxiety. <laughs> because if you will cultivate a close relationship with God, the reward will be everything you need it to be. If you'll cultivate it, I'm telling you, I, I could ask, I could ask Pastor Tina to stand up here. I could ask my own wife to stand up here, Nick and Emily. I could ask them because I know they spent hours seeking God. And I know there's some, some scattered around here too. I just don't know all of you that way. I know. I know the people that spend hours with God in a given week. It manifests in their life. They continuously have testimonies. God shows up in their life and in their situation. But if you're longing for peace, cultivate your relationship with God. If you're longing for joy, cultivate your relationship with God. You're looking for satisfaction. The satisfaction you're looking for comes from a full-on relationship with God a daily, thriving relationship with God. The emotional support that you long for and need, God has it for you. It's right here for you. He wants it with you. He wants this with you. I'm going to close on a positive. Everything you see all the great people of God do in the Bible can be experienced by you. Everything, hear me when I say it, everything you see all the great people of God do in the Bible can be experienced by you. How do I know that? Hear Jesus' words. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. You hear it? The person. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're a person. The person who follows me in faith so there's a caveat, right? 
who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. I want you all to stand to your feet. First thing that needs to happen is this, this, this word has to go to everyone that possibly doesn't have a relationship with Christ. I mean, I'm talking, I've talked about a weak relationship, but you, you don't have a relationship with Christ. There are some standing in here right now, if the trumpet were to sound, you may not go into heaven. And hear me when I say this. If there's the slightest possibility that you're not sure, if Jesus were to give that loud shout, if that loud shout were to come from heaven and Jesus take us out of here and you have even the slightest question mark on whether or not you'd go with him. Now listen to me. I want you to understand a couple things. Even if you're listening online, you hear this, that if you're thinking it's based on how good you are, you're going to bust hell wide open. You can be the nicest person in your entire school, young person. You can be the nicest person on your block or at your place of work, and it's filled with rascals that are nasty and mean-spirited. You could be the nicest one there, but that's not the question. Because Jesus said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. It's based on the good work he did and you accepting that work on your, his behalf or your behalf. So if you're listening to me right now and not in a right relationship with Christ, heads bowed in the sanctuary, eyes closed. You don't have to bow your head or close your eyes if you're watching online. But if you're not in a right relationship with Jesus, let's fix that right now. Lift your hand. Say, preacher, I need prayer. I want to get things right with the Lord today. Thank you. Thank you for not hesitating. Remove the question mark. Come on. Come on. Young and old alike. I don't care if you've been in church a hundred times. Lift that hand up and say, i got to get it right with the Lord today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm coming for you believers that love the Lord in a minute. But you're praying. Those of you Holy Ghost filled believers are praying right now as I take this next step. Listen to me, if you raised your hand and you mean business with God, you're tired of playing games, you're willing to say, I've gotta make a change in my life and I'm gonna get out of my seat and come down to the altar to prove it. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of me, you before my Father in heaven. Come on, let's erase that. If you raised your hand, make your way down to the altar right now. Or even if you didn't raise it, but you know you gotta get it right with the Lord, come on. Come on, don't hesitate. Yeah, y'all cheer this brother on. He's coming. He's coming. There's a sister. Thank you.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Now, you that are standing at the altar now, God bless you. I'm so glad to see you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Tony, you can come on up with him. I know you're connected with him. <laughs> I know you're connected with him. Hallelujah. We want to stand by the people we've been praying for, talking to. Hallelujah. You pray this prayer with me, young man, sister over here. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. So I come to you now and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. You shed your blood for me. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't stay in the ground, but you rose from the grave. From this moment, I want you to know, I give you my life. I'm yours, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all take them and just spend a little time with John and Maria. And uh, Maria, come get this sister and take her along with you just to pray with you. Amen. All right, I ain't done for with you guys. Because you know, you know when you preach a message like this, you know if you're on fire and it's red hot, or you know if it's anywhere shy of that. You know how you feel when you fill up your car? Isn't it a good feeling? You, even though you have no intentions, you know I could drive 350 miles right now. You have no intentions, but you it's a good feeling because you were, you know, especially if it was down there around the orange-red zone. Right? And you're thinking, man, I could go 300. You know if you're red hot or anywhere shy of that, even if it's three-quarter of a tank, you may be in good shape, but wouldn't you rather be red hot, ready to go? Full of faith in the Holy Ghost. <coughs> so here's what I'm going to do. All on you. If that's you and you want more in God, you know you need more in God, make your way to this altar right now. I ain't going to plead with you. You know you. If you're happy and you want to stay right where you're at, stay. But if you know, you know God could and would do more in your life. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you ought to be at this altar. I don't care if you've been down 14 times this month. That'd be pretty tough. It's 16th. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, 
www.centralfamily.net or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.